Hey, business building warrior, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I have a guest today. We turned on the video cameras. So if you'd like to meet Mr. Jason Shea, as we discuss his business today, his various income streams, you can jump over to YouTube and do that. Or as the vast majority of our listeners do, just hang out on your favorite listening app while you go about your day doing what you do. Thanks for listening either way. We appreciate you very much. I think some of the things you can expect from today's show are encouragement, some transparency from a fellow business building warrior who has really been through a grinder. He has seen some challenges and he's overcome them and he's doing some incredible things, but he's seen struggle in his family. He, he even brings up some of the childhood challenges that he's seen kind of filter into the way he does business and affected him as far as the way he processes opportunities. And how big he feels he can grow his business based on some limitations he has in his own mind about what it means to succeed. We really kind of dive into the weeds of the psychology of being a successful entrepreneur. That's not what we set out to do, but there's a lot of really good content on that topic today. And you've heard me beat up a lot lately. I would say of the past 100 episodes, it's come up maybe 20 or 30 times where we talk about the private label model on Amazon and why you should not start trying to launch a brand on Amazon until you really know what you're doing and you have your feet under you. Well, today, Jason is a guy who, before he came to our community, just kind of launched into that. And he struggled and eventually built something. So this is a success story with private label. But I think it illustrates very well how you better be ready for an uphill climb at the point when you start going down the road of trying to launch a brand on Amazon. And Jason spends a significant amount of time talking about what that journey has looked like and how he succeeded, how he's overcome. COVID really put a big dent in his business, how he overcame that. It caused some struggle in his marriage, what he's doing about that. So this is a great episode today that I think will encourage you as to what's possible, what the real transparent challenges are, And I think you're going to walk away with some really good questions to ask yourself. That's going to leave you uh, pondering some of the topics that that we dove in today. And again, that wasn't the planned direction that we'd go today, but I'm kind of learning just to trust the topics that that my guest wants to talk about. And I think that's how you'll see the most value from the show as we go forward is let them kind of explore what it is they want to talk about, what's meaningful to them with a great deal of transparency. So if you're listening today and you find yourself thinking, hey, I, I've got a story to share. I wouldn't mind sharing my story. Maybe it'll encourage somebody or serve someone else well with what I've been through as I'm building my business. Drop me a line. Go to silentgym.com. You'll find the contact information there. And by the way, you'll find links to everything that we talked about on today's show as well. Jason and I had a great conversation that there's a little bit of something for everybody, I think, here. So with Without any further introductions, let's jump over and meet Mr. Jason Shea. So Jason, great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It has been a few years since we last spoke. It's been a couple of years. We'll have to put a link to that other episode in the show notes for folks. They can go back and hear, but get us caught up, man. What's happened since then? I know there's been a lot of ups and downs. Let's get into the story. I think last time we spoke is before COVID. And since COVID, a lot of things happened. Uh, maybe we can start in... Uh, in the timeline, 2020 is my worst year in my e-commerce roller coaster ride. I was on the edge of a bankruptcy and a divorce. Uh, for those of you that didn't hear the previous episode, I run an e-commerce brand called Lucky Kid. We design products for kids with learning disabilities. Majority of our customers are schools. 
And we all know what happened to all the school across right. the entire United States around the same time. Right. Spell so, Lucky Kid for me so people can look it up. Yes. It's L as Larry, A as Apple, K as King, I as Ice Cream, K as King, I as Ice Cream, D as Dog, LuckyKid.com. Lucky Kid. What's the significance of Lucky? I'm not to interrupt you too much, but what's oh, that word yes. mean? Lucky is a Hawaiian spelling of the same word. Uh, lucky, like a lucky charm. So it's just a different spelling of the same oh, word. Oh, it's like luck is in good luck. Yes, luck is good luck. But yeah. In, for Hawaiian, it's Lucky, L-A-K-I. Yes. Lucky kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> use it. the Hawaiian spelling because uh, Hawaii have a lot of meaning to me and my wife when we started the business. And uh, because all of our kids have Hawaiian name, because that's where me and my wife was uh, originally met uh, 15 years ago in a bus stop in Hawaii. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. A bus stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's how we met. It's actually, I got lost where I pretend I got lost and got her phone number at the bus stop. <laughs> that's so great. You know, sometimes I wish this podcast had a theme of like, relationships and just diving into the stories because everybody's got great stories. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this is a business podcast. So we'll get back on track here, but that is super cool. Met at a bus stop. You got her number for the score. <laughs> for the yeah. big win. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And 15 sure. years later, here sure. we are after a rough 2020. All right. Sorry I interrupted you, man. Keep it right. No problem. But I, I think live and business right now is is one of the same. Like you always share. I listen to your podcast a lot and uh, and going back to how I first started is back in 2017. I think I was I, I stumbled across one of your podcasts before I started my own e-commerce journey way back in actually 2016 is when I first started. I didn't start the current brand Lucky Kid until 2017. I was doing like book flippings, retail arbitrage, pretty much all the things that you taught in your course for beginner for the first year. Then, but I got a little bit burnt out by that because I remember every single weekend I need to go to, uh, let's see, library sales, garage sales, try to buy used books and flip it on Amazon for like a year. <laughs> that's how I did. Uh, that's what I did for like for fun over the weekend. For like the entire year, I actually have a, a small storage unit that I and, and end up renting because I have so much book I was bringing, I couldn't fit into the apartment I was renting back then. <laughs> My wife was like, where's all this book coming from? <laughs> so why do you have all those books? So that's where, like, I think it's... A transition in my entrepreneurial journey, moving from that where I was to doing private label. And uh, I think right now I really grow. And going back to the story about 2020, where I was at the lowest point of my life and because of COVID, but it forced me to reset. It forced me to rethink on how I was running the business because actually I wasn't running the business. The business was running me. Oh, yeah. I understand exactly what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was telling you what to do. It said the other it way. It was around. telling me what to do. I was trying to put out all the fire for the business instead right. of me working on the business. I was in the business twenty four hour, and I have three kids at home and a full time job. Back then, I still have a full time job right now. But I'm, uh, good news is I'm committed to leave my day job this year. I'm actually about to submit my resignation letter pretty pretty soon, uh, either this month or next month. Oh, so, congratulations! Yeah, that's and, great. Uh, What's your full time job? Uh, and a senior cost accountant in the medical device corporation is one of those giant companies with 10,000 or more employees. So they don't really treat you like a human being, that kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Are you so okay with us using your, your name and face on YouTube? Is that all right? Uh, actually, I already told my supervisor all about me okay. leaving. So 100% okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but be sensitive to that. <laughs> I don't want to make know. anything so, happen like what happened to yeah. me. 
<laughs> well, oh yeah, it's been twenty years ago, but still, yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Fired yeah, you the next but day. I think I'm ready hurt. for that. You know, uh, I was doing the calculation. I'm actually losing money working for my day job right now because yeah. with my two business combined, of course, on top of e-commerce brand, I have another business I started. I mean, if you put it into an hourly wage, I make about five hundred dollars an hour. But my day job paid me about $50 an hour. It's still a six-figure income. It's still a good income. But I'm losing, just do the math, I'm losing $450 working for a day job I hate. And I I, suck my energy and all that. Why am I doing that? Losing money doing that. It's It's a fun conversation with your boss. Like, I can't afford... I couldn't afford to work work for you you anymore. anymore. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You are making me losing money working for you. So stupid. So the only reason why I'm even still working in the business because I'm looking to buy a new house in Arizona right now. And you know, the mortgage market right now is not very good for buyers. So I do need that W-2 to close the house. Then after I close the house and or at least finish that pre-approval process, then I'm said I don't really need a W-2 anymore. That's the only yes. reason I'm still in the position I'm in right now with my team. It's job. a little easier to get that home loan you guys are trying to land. 100%. Yeah, yes. I got you. That makes total sense. The yeah. world still doesn't understand all these crazy e-commerce entrepreneurs, does they it? They don't. They <laughs> don't. I actually need to find a mortgage officer that specialized in entrepreneur, it took me a long time to find because otherwise you need to submit like maybe 20 page of document, your like all the income statement for the past five years and all the crazy stuff that they ask for because they just don't understand. So, but going back to the original question you're asking, 2020 is uh, really, really tough. I used to have a team of seven back then. I was really, in 2019, my business was really picking up. But then 2020 kind of put me into a very awkward position with 200,000 of inventory sitting in my warehouse that's not selling, but I need to pay back all the interest. Wow. $200,000 or units? $200,000 of inventory. $200,000 of inventory. And because school shut down, COVID, nobody was buying anything. No one was buying anything. Yes. But I still need to pay back, pay my bills. We are still feeling the pain of what I think is going to be one of the biggest mistakes in world history, shutting mm. everything down. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And I'm so sorry for what that put you through, man. Yeah. That's yeah. awful. But like I shared with you before uh, we start recording is uh, it actually en- enough to be a blessing because it forced yeah. me to reset, look at my business a whole different way. I uh, came across a wonderful book uh, called Traction by Jill Wickman that talked about entrepreneurial operating system. And I spent six months reading, implementing it and understanding the system and implementing it into my business. And the very next year, last year, I was able to turn business around. I did over 600,000 last year. So. That's beautiful. And I've read that book recently too. I had another friend recommend it. Like, you got to read this. And I checked it out. I liked it. It's a good business yeah. for thinking. It's a good book for thinking about your business as a system. Here's all yes. the moving parts. And I have I actually just finished doing... Uh, I was invited as a speaker on a different... Uh, network, of course, I'm not going to say their name because it might be have some interest, uh, conflicting interest. But I was a speaker at uh, a different ne- uh, e-commerce uh, networking, I guess, group. They invite me to speak to show my system because I spent six months on like really fine-tuning it for yeah. my system, and I have the six component in EOS: people, vision, tractions, uh, data, and also processes. And I have every single thing is being documented for my business, including the way we compensate our employee right now, I have a team of eight now. So it's, I have a bigger team than before. And this year we are on track to do 1.2 million with my e-commerce brand. So that's I, I, phenomenal. Good for you, man. 
So you've got all your standard operating procedures and you've yeah, got all these systems. This couple of things is really unique. I don't see no one's doing. First, I do group meditation with my entire team because this business is all about mindset. I mean, I've been in this business 2016. It's not about the strategy, the tactic. That's that's important, but it's not as important as your mindset. Like one of your favorite saying, I always say to my team member is, success is like a candlelight, not a cake. And we should all have this mentality when we talk about our competitor, because some people will choose over us, over our competitor, because they resonate with our brand, resonate with the way we sell and the way we package our product. Even so, there's a lot of competitors on Amazon, but doesn't mean that we need to be in this Castro situation and try to kill each other. We can all share the success across the platform because Amazon last year for third-party seller, over $1 billion, uh, $100 billion that's generated from people like us. So that's a lot of money to be shared around. Yes, so. that is so good. And I love how you've applied that to your team. Success is like candlelight, not cake. It's specifically when you're talking about your direct competitors even. Yeah, there's no reason yeah. we can't both succeed. They're not the ones stopping you from success. It's us and, and our mindset. One thing I share a lot with my team is I'm always 100% transparent with my product, with my process, with my strategy. Because guess what? Our competitor can copy everything we do. They can copy our product strategy. Even they can take away my email list if they wanted to. But guess what? They can never copy my passion, the amount of emotion, the passion, the knowledge I have. Because mm -hmm. I started this business because my son have a special needs. And guess what? Most of my competitor doesn't start out with that intention. They start out because they find this widget. They want to make money on Amazon, not because they have a kid. They want to make a difference in the world. And this is something I always share with my team. Over the next 10 years, I want to make changes. One million life of family that got impacted by learning disabilities across the globe. That is my calling That's in my incredible. life. So. You know, I've got something popping in my head, Jason. I think it'll provide you some value, maybe the listeners too. But I heard an angel investor speaking one time. And the mm -hmm. question he was asked was like a panel. I loved yeah. his answer. Someone in the audience said, if you had to break down the most important single factor when you decide if you're going to put money into a business or not, like, then you had to break it down to just like one key thing, the biggest, most important factor, what would you say it is? And he thought for a moment, I can't remember who it is. Maybe it was Mark Cuban. I can't remember which one it was. But he said, I want to see the passion and the purpose behind the person running the business. I want to hear them say it. I want to, I want to see their heart. And, and if you get someone who's so passionately sold out, their education doesn't matter. Their business plan may not even matter all that much. You know how well funded they are, their their vision of what they're trying to build. Those things become very secondary. If you've got someone who's passionate, committed, has the right mindset, mm -hmm. you're unstoppable. You mix that with a good business plan, and of course, it's it's an amazing thing to to behold. But th this is I'm sitting here listening to you. Like I'm imagining you in front of a group of investors and like, where do I sign? Yeah, here's a hundred thousand dollars right now. Go turn it into more money for me. You, you got this. <laughs> I will hundred percent agree with that because without that level of passion. I would have given up back in 2020 with everything that was going on with COVID and with all the pressure. And like I, I was sharing that, I was also on the edge of divorce because I wasn't 100% transparent with my wife with all the business bottling I had going on. <laughs> Pretty much I bottled against my house for, for the inventory that I was trying to buy. So that was a very awkward and difficult conversation. Pretty much I just lay out the number. This is where we are at. 
because I took on this risk for the business, but COVID happened and this is where we are at. And she just told me, I need to figure this out. Otherwise, she's just going to take the kids and move back to Japan. <laughs> so that was a very difficult situation wow. back then. And so. I'm sure it was a longer, more complex conversation than that, but still of one course. that had to just be so hard for both of you. Yeah. Thank you for the transparency because we certainly don't expect you to share that much detail. But when you do, what I can tell you happens, Jason, there's someone out there listening to this right now. They're in that spot. Yeah. And you're providing them a lot of hope. Their marriage is strained because of bad, some bad business decisions, a bad financial situation. That's the number one cause last time I looked of divorce is financial strain. Yeah. So I thank agree. you for your transparency there, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome. I think it's very important because a lot of people only share positive or like the good thing on social media, never share about the struggle as much, you know, because people feel very awkward sharing about those kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's great. Well, keep your story going, man. Yeah. So I think that then we talk about how I overcome it. So I think the implementation itself for the EOS really, really help. And one more thing I think is really unique for those of you that's listening that have a team. I implemented this last year and I see tremendous results. So Every single team member on my team, every single year, we have an annual goal, of course. But first of all, we have a 10-year target, which is trying to be an eight-figure business. A three-year goal, which is by the end of 2024, we want to be around $3 million in top-line revenue. Then we have a one-year goal. So for this year, by the end of this year, 2022, we try to hit $1.2 million. Then we break it down to even smaller detail into a quarterly goal. What are we going to accomplish each quarter? And I assign each, I have 18 members. So every single team member has three quarterly rocks. It's just uh, how EOS uh, use the term rock, just mean yeah, goals. Big rocks. Yeah, exactly. And that is tied with their quarterly compensation. In order to get 100% of their quarterly bonus, which is equivalent to one week worth of pay, you need to achieve all three quarterly rock, which each account for 25%. And the remaining 25% is the company rock. Is, so mm. everyone win. If you get 100%, you win, I win, the company win. Everyone win. And since I implemented, I, I feel like there's a lot more synergy within the company and uh, people are striving for, because, you know, for a traditional Philippine team, they have what's called 13 months pay. But I hated that idea because you're just incentivizing your employee to get pay if they didn't get fired after 12 months, which I do not like that idea at all. So I turned that idea in on his head. So that's just, at the end of the year, you still get paid the same amount, but instead of just getting paid for the sake of getting paid, it's tied with a performance structure that's really, really structured alongside with our business goal. So yeah, you you mentioned the uh, the 13th month. I know that's big, and I know it's big in the Philippines. Yes, other yeah. cultures have adopted that too, I guess, because you haven't really talked much about the Philippines. Is that like a Hawaiian thing as well, or is it a more mm, Asian thing? No. Like, where's that come from? I've only heard know. about I it in the Philippines. I think it's more about Philippines. My entire team is in Philippines. So Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that makes sense yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the Filipino culture, for those who don't know, have that concept. You mentioned the 13th month, which basically you get a full month's pay at the end of the year. It's just expected. Yes. And yeah. we even like had to let one bonus. of our virtual assistants go after a few weeks because she was she'd been working this a few weeks, maybe mm-hmm. a couple months. And one of the 13th month, because it was the end of the year, we're like, oh no, we don't we don't do that. <laughs> Not yeah. after you've just been here a few weeks. Um, yeah, so that's where the initial expectation is really important. And uh, for us, is you need to be here uh, at least three three months before you receive the first bonus. I mean, we do quarterly bonus. So. Yeah, 
But you're talking about, you know, some people call them KPIs, key performance indicators. Yes. Yes. You know, you get these, you attach people's pay to their performance. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a, I'm a decent case study of that, actually. I've got a team of 100 people. Yeah. But two of them are full-time employees that pretty mm-hmm. much get the same paycheck pretty much every week. Yeah. The rest, it's work when you can, work when there's work to do. Yeah. Perform at a high level, come in and enjoy the platform that we've built, get paid mm-hmm. well to do it. And it, yeah. we may not work together for two or three weeks, and then we'll be back on hitting a project, doing some work together, right? But there's always a measure of what's expected. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know when you're doing a good job? There's none of this just showing up to work and playing solitaire on the laptop and getting paid, yeah. right? <laughs> it's tricky when your entire team is virtual. It's like yes. you couldn't watch over them. Even so, I do use a time tracking software, but it's still not 100% proof. It's really about... That's why right now, my main role in my business is chief visionary officer. I set a vision, then everyone go implement. I have a CEO work under me. So I have a structure. I'm the CEO, the visionary. I have a COO, which is my implementer. Then I divide my entire business into three different departments, sales and marketing, operation, and finance. Under uh, sales and marketing, I have an in-house social media manager, copywriter, graphic designer, and digital marketer. Under operation, I have a customer service rep, a website developer, also a supply chain specialist who handle the supply chain, then also a product developer. Then under finance, I have a bookkeeper and also an Amazon case manager. So with my current setup, I'm actually pretty confident I can scale to a figure without hiring a lot of additional help. That is tremendous. And tell us about the products a little bit. You mentioned Lackey Kid, and that makes up a significant part of your overall income and, and the business model you just described. That's all supporting your Amazon yes. brand on Lackey. Are you selling off Amazon anywhere? Yes. Uh, 20% of our revenue currently coming from ClickFunnels slash uh, Shopify. So we do Shopify a lot store. of advertising uh, digital advertising, actually, all of our direct response ad go to a funnel, like a click funnel, like a free yeah. plus shipping funnel or a deep discount funnel. We have a lead generation funnel. For those of you who want to check out all the funnel, go visit sensorydeal.com. That's all of our funnel. We have like 30 different funnel on there. It's sensorydeal.com. Yeah. Sensory Deal? Yeah. So D-E-A-L? D-E-A-L, yes. Sensorydeal. Sensorydeal. D-E-A-L. Sensorydeal.com. Yeah. We'll stick that in the show notes. Yeah, so we'll go check it out and see what you're doing. Funnel. Yeah, because uh, what we do outside is we, we are accumulating a huge email list, about 35,000 email right now. Good for you. And another 12,000 uh, SMS uh, on text. I mean, we can text people. And yeah. then we have another maybe 30,000 addresses that we can do postcard marketing with. So. Nice. We're getting ready to do some physical address mailing too. I've got quarter million mailing addresses that I've never oh, used. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I've never used them. Oh, you should try. Yeah. It's try, a gold mine for somebody is, to step up. But is. we are starting to do a print newsletter that's going to okay. be going out. For those who are listening, we'll have more information. I might stick a link in the show notes if we're ready to start taking uh, more opt-ins if you want to put your address in and get our free newsletter when it starts here soon. But yeah, I love it. So you're collecting... That's an old Dan Kennedy thing. When mm-hmm. someone uh, asked him, you know, he's a, he kind of went from the old school marketing Mm-hmm. fax machines and postcards and he slowly integrated into the digital age with this, mm-hmm. this that was all new to him but mm-hmm. someone asked him you know so what's the best way to market and reach your audience is it email is it is it the time there's like fax postcard text <laughs> phone call what is it he's like use all of them are you kidding me 
If it's yeah, a uh, net positive return, you use all of them. <laughs> so 100%, yeah. You get as much contact information as you can and you use all of it. And one thing I do a little bit differently than a typical e-commerce business is because I also sell a lot of digital products. I have digital eBooks that we sell. We have digital courses and we also have a paid membership services that we provide. Yeah, multiple streams of income. Yeah. You know, and, and this podcast is listened to primarily by a lot of people who sell physical products on Amazon, which I believe and would argue very strongly that it is the best low-hanging fruit opportunity mm-hmm. of our time. Hands down, no question in my mind. But I love what you're doing is you're tacking on other streams of income. You're growing your own mailing list. You found a product that you could attach yourself to that you believe strongly in. You didn't start necessarily there with a huge success. It took some time. But now that you're yeah. there, and I like to kind of keep that out there as a goal that our viewers or, and listeners can have is at some point, you do want to start to have something that belongs to you that you don't have to share with Amazon. You don't have to share with yeah. another third party, right? At some point, you don't necessarily think, start uh, there. I actually discourage starting there because it is a treacherous path. It is. But however, I think a common trap is some people could not see beyond the product. They always think about, okay, let me try to find a widget. Let me find this garlic press. But it's not about the garlic press. It's about the people who's using it. If you can find people who are passionate about cooking, then you can sell all kinds of stuff that support their passion. So it's not about the widget. It's not about the product. It's really about the customer you're trying to serve. Yeah. Well, I just, you know, this will resonate with you, Jason. You've heard me say it before, probably if you've listened to some podcast episodes. But as we start to think as a brand owner, as someone who's growing a community, the greatest asset you will ever have. And I shared this with, with my team. We had a meeting today, a couple of coaches and some strategy session. I shared it with my team today. The greatest asset we have, the greatest asset any business can ever have, from my vantage point, is a community of people who are waiting to see what they do next. And they're excited about it. They want to hear from you. They want to work with you. That community is the asset, not this new widget that you're coming out with or the new course or whatever it is, the latest and greatest, because that'll be irrelevant five years from now, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But you could still have the same people in your life who still care what you have to say if you're treating them well and building those relationships. So that's the asset. And they will tell you what you want, well, what they want, and you just go out and create it for them. <laughs> exactly. What yeah. do you guys want to do next? <laughs> Don't try to guess. I stopped having to be the smartest guy in my business as soon as it grew, yeah. like you know, three, four people, three, four customers. Okay, guys, what do you want to do now? That's all yeah. I've done for twenty years. Yeah. So I mentioned about we are working on uh, launching seven product this year. All the product idea we come from is from our audience, is from our Facebook. They've group, given you the ideas. Emails. Tell us yeah, about this, your customers a little bit. Who are these? Who are these folks? You've got the schools. Do you have anything that's not school? Uh, the two major audience for us, of course, is educators that's working in mostly elementary school because our products, most of our products, designed for kids age three to twelve. I would say, and then the next biggest audience is parents like myself that have kids with special needs that's looking for a solution for their home, that's looking for building a sensory room, sensory gym in their house, or looking for a different product to help their kids with uh, anxieties, with concentration, with sleep issues. And that's, that's the two biggest audience that we serve. Yeah, you, and you sent me a few samples. I think my kids have walked away with them. I've got teens now. I don't have any young kids. They're all out, <laughs> they're all out of the demographic that you yeah. just described. Yes, yes, yes. But they love sitting there, punching the little thumb. Oh, that, right? yes, yes. So yes. it's walked away. I had it here by my desk and it's gone. Yeah. But yeah. some really neat stuff that you've come up with and developed. 
And uh, yeah, it tends to move around my house, <laughs> picking it up and playing yeah. with it. We have a, a few different fidget toys that we design. Like our best selling product is a fidget marble maze. Uh, I don't have one with me right now, but it's really just a marble with a fabric. Uh, I mean, it's a piece of fabric with marble sewed into the fabric so you can push the marble around. Yeah, the maze. You the sent maze, me yeah. one. And yes, I play yes, with yes. it. It, it yeah. is. It's very, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just a nice break from screens too. I don't know if you, if yeah. you advertise it that way or not, if you've tried that, but uh-huh. you just get your kid's face off a screen and get something into their hands that, you know, commands yeah. attention, requires, and there's a sense of achievement there, but they're not looking at a screen. Very yeah. valuable. Yeah. Unfortunately, that product got suspended by Amazon three weeks ago. We're trying to get it back on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. Unfortunately. Yep, it's my best selling product, but it got suspended. But it is what it is. So, yeah. yeah. Amazon's yeah, like, it's, it's like having a roommate that, you know, sometimes you love him and he's just awesome. Yeah. And other times, he's just a big pain in the yeah. butt. I have another, uh, actually, analogy I always use with my team when we talk about Amazon. Amazon is actually a casino. We're all gambling in this casino called Amazon. And each one of us have a slot machine that brings out different money. However, you know, house always win. <laughs> There's no way we can win again. <laughs> They're winning no matter what. Exactly. Quite often, so, if you know what you're doing, yeah. you can win along with them. Yeah. So yes, it, it, it's true. a really good odds. That's a fair analogy. Yeah. I could pick it apart with you over a, over a meal sometime <laughs> and have fun with that one. I like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So so what else, man? Let's get into your any of the rest of your story that you wanted to share with us. There's some some really good nuggets in here today. Oh, that's so much. Uh, I don't know where to start. I think this year right now, I'm really looking. Uh, that's one more thing I can share. I think some people will resonate. Earlier this year, actually last month, I hit my hidden barrier. So Hidden Barrier is a concept uh, that was written by another business book I read. It's, about, it's called Great the Big Leap. And inside the book, we talk about where 99% of all humanity, we are preset either by ourselves, by our subconscious, or maybe by our parents, a certain amount of success that you can never go beyond. And most people die without ever hitting that limit. It's called upper limit. And of course, different guru, different people talk about it a little bit differently, but the concept itself is the same. For me, my upper limit is $1 million. And guess what? Because since 2016, I've been an uh, entrepreneur since for six years. I never hit that yet. My best year, which is last year, recovering from COVID, I did over 600000 This year, I'm on track uh, with my only e-commerce brand, $1.2 million. I have a second business. I start that business going really fast. We should be on track to do $2.3 million for the second business. The two business combined, we should be doing $3.5 million. But guess what? That's where my self-conscious come up and stop, uh, start stabbing myself in the back. Like mm-hmm. that, That's what I was doing the whole month, last month. Like Everything was on fire. My, my family got COVID and I got into the argument with my business partner. Then I got into an argument with my supervisor, with my day job. Pretty much it's just like things happening all at the same time when I know I'm about to hit and go beyond my limit. And that's something I talk with my, because I also have a business business coach right now with uh, Tony Robin. And that's what my Tony Robin coach tell me. It's like, okay, you need to figure out <laughs> how to break through this, this barrier. And there's different way to do it. Like mentally, you need to, you need to kind of overcome that. So I, I think that's yeah. an interesting part to kind of break break down a little bit because everyone have a different version of it. So yeah, and you know what I've I've heard a, a study. It's been probably a decade or so ago. A pastor I was listening to shared that a survey was done. They asked a whole bunch of people, "Who is rich from your vantage point? What yeah. does it mean to be rich? 
what kind of annual income would you need to say, okay, now I'm rich. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of people answered within a very small percentage mm-hmm. of double what they were currently earning. Mm. Okay. okay. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. That kind of goes into forming that upper limit concept. Yeah. <laughs> if I was making twice as much as I'm making now, poof, I'd be doing great. And it doesn't matter what you're making now, but that's exactly. a limit. You've just set that's a, a limit. limit. Yes. And as you yes. approach that, you're going to self-sabotage and you're going mm-hmm. to do things to, to slow your momentum because it's scary on the other side of that unknown. 100%. Because, yeah. and, and here's what I think is going on, just to dive into this topic a little bit, Jason, because I, I love this subject. I think our culture pounds us mm. in a thousand different ways with this message. Yeah. Being rich is bad. Being rich yes. is evil. Being rich, yeah. you need to give That's back. Being did. rich yeah. means you've taken from a bunch of people and you better make up for it somehow. Otherwise, you're a bad person. So then we start to add those two messages together. Okay, what's it mean to be rich? I make about twice as much as I do. You start to make that much money. You start thinking of yourself as rich. I'm a bad person, (laughs) right? So Uh, self-sabotage starts kicking in because we know from... I mean, this is one of the oldest rules of psychology, Jason, is if you don't find virtue in the thing that you're doing... Mm -hmm. You will find creative ways to self-sabotage. I mean, they even figured this out in the 60s and 70s with kids that are always getting hurt. You know, they're always tripping, bumping into things, bruising their knee, falling, tripping. They're just klutzy. A lot of times those kids are struggling with inner guilt because they're getting away with things they shouldn't, they don't think they should be getting away with. Not all klutzy kids are that way, but there's a connection there, right? We self-sabotage. So I love that you brought up this topic because one of the things we've got to break through in in here, and I'm going to tell you how I've broken through it. Maybe this will be useful for you or for others, Mm -hmm. but it's this simple concept. You've heard me say it before. The only way to succeed in business, Mm -hmm. or I should say, if you're making a profit in business, I should say, if you're making a profit, you are dramatically and positively impacting the lives of countless other people. And to the degree that you make more profit, those numbers even grow more. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. It's and impossible. I it's I impossible one, to profit without dramatically positively improving the lives of other people. A hundred percent. I'm seeing you mentioning in your previous podcast, you you kind of uh, say money is a token for appreciation. I really like that concept. So, and uh, one more thing I want to share is more of a personal side is uh, in the book that I read, you talk about there's a lot of hidden barrier that is going to hit you when you are about to hit the upper limit. One of it is feeling fundamentally flawed. And I'm reading from a book right now. But for me, since age of 15, I always feel like I was a completely uh, a failure because in Taiwan, at age of 15, you need to pass a test to get into high school. I took the test. I got into number seven out of all high school in Taiwan, but that's not good enough for my parents. My parents want me to get into top three. If I didn't get into top three, I failed. So they sent me to study abroad in this boarding school in Toronto, Canada. It was a, a stranger that I don't know. It's like my parents' friend in their basement with, alongside with their dog, which I have so much like trauma from that experience. Even to today, I'm still trying to get out of that uh, mindset of like being abandoned and being a failure and being sent to this like, completely strange country that I didn't even speak any English back then. Zero. I don't speak the language. And I got sent to this like new country with living with like someone I don't even barely know. And since then, 
deep, deep, deep inside. I did an exercise with a Tony Robbins course last year. It's called Seven Level Deep. Inside that exercise, he teach you to discover what is the true motivation for everything that you do. Guess what? This is what I find out. I start my business because I want to prove to my parents that I'm worthy of love. Mm. I'm worthy of sad. approval. Yeah, that's that's a that's a sad motivational factor to have yeah. to deal with, man. And that's heavy to carry. You're being very transparent, man. Thank you. So, what did that mean? What are you doing with that? How are you handling that? So, what I did uh, last month, I wrote a letter to a 15 year old boy and burned it, <laughs> <laughs> so I can let it go <laughs> for you to yourself, to myself, and I burned it so I can let it go. So I say, okay, this is what happened. What happened to you is not your fault. You actually make me stronger at the end. And this is all happening for you, not to you. And you know, I wrote a huge letter to myself and I burned it. So That's incredible. Good for you, man. What a journey. You're yeah. going to write a book about all this? Uh, maybe I will. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. You know, because I, I hear that a lot about the Asian cultures, just how aggressive they are about academic achievement. Yeah. And, and, and I, the reality is, I want to hear what you have to say about that. Yes, I'm just a yeah. point of curiosity for me. But the reality is yeah. academic achievement is meaning less and less. Yeah. And there's less and less attachment between that and success. However you want to measure it. There's a big drift happening right now. And really, the, the only thing a college degree gets you is, you know, that, that validation that, you know, if I just paid yeah. enough money, I could get the same stamp on a piece of paper, but I guess I'm going to go to school and, you know, spend time in yeah. a chair to get that piece of paper. And it's meaning less and less. For most, I would say 95% of all the educational degrees out there are, are losing value right now. Yeah. But the interesting part of this story is I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs. <laughs> so my parents and uh, with my uncle and my aunt, four of them started their own business in their apartment because the house in Taiwan is so small, there's no garages. So... Uh, the very same year when I was born. So they started this business the same year I was born and I, was, I got sent to live with my grandma because they have no time to take care of me with this startup business they're trying to run. But over the year, they grow this business so big, it becomes an international corporation. They have 100, over 100 employees in Taiwan, a huge factory in China and overseas offices, I, I think 10 different locations across the world. However, because of that, I believe inside of me, the 15 version of me, I associate success with disconnection. I associate success with loss of relationship. I associate mm. that because that's what happened to my dad. When he becomes so successful, he is always physically there, but he was never emotionally and spiritually there for me and my sister. Wow. So transparent, man. I appreciate this very much. And that's very insightful. Those are hard conclusions to come to, even as an adult. But you know, that's been my vision for this community, just kind of hearing what you're saying and, and kind of merging it into the vision and mission that we have on, in this community. I was a dad who got to come home and be there to see my kids grow up. I've been doing this 20 years. I got to watch my kids grow up all around me, come into my office. Like we're right now, you know, the door would swing open. Here comes my daughter with a color a drawing that she's colored for me or something. You know, I grew up with that reality. So I, the message I want to send out to, to other dads, it's easier for me to relate to dads than moms because I'm a dad. <laughs> but <laughs> it, is, it is possible to build an incredible, amazing business and still yeah. be the kind of husband 
and the kind of dad that you know you're, you're capable of. It is possible. That's what I'd like to think that we're doing specifically for dads in this community. And I think that's what you've bumped up against is, can I do that? Yeah. Because you didn't have it demonstrated to you. You begin to question if it was even possible. Perhaps. 100%. Yeah. Man, it's a tricky awesome. balance. It's a very tricky balance when you get to a certain point. Like I shared earlier, like sometimes you're not, you feel like you don't, you're not running the business, the business running you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's where it is, is. But this year, like that's why I share a lot of the deep scene because I'm really on a soul searching journey this year. <laughs> this is, I always tell my wife and my team, this is my transformation year. My three major goals this year is to leave my day job buy a new house and move to Arizona. <laughs> That's my three dream, uh, three goal this year, or personal goal for 2022. And I'm on track to do all three of them right now. So, Well, you brought up a subject and I, it's kind of hanging in the back of my head and, and you're the one being transparent. So hopefully I'm not prying too much, but could you bring us up to speed? Like things good in the house now? I mean, you said there was a lot of stress in 2020. How are things different now? You know, and, and how's business kind of fitting into the whole picture? This year is a tricky one because my wife just got a test positive with COVID a couple of days ago. So this week is not a best week, but uh, we are still kind of in the middle of trying to figure out. But one thing is I officially got escorted out of my home office and I got a co-working space instead because <laughs> I want to have enough of me working, always working from home. And I think it's, it's best for our relationship and, uh, you know, so I can give my wife some space and she can give me some space. Otherwise, I just have meeting all day and just go out and ask for lunch. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. It's good to separate. I think it helps separate work from business too. Everybody kind of has their 100%. own preferences, but yeah, you need that space that you can walk away from and kind of switch hats, you know, unless and until your family's kind of integrated into the business, which we have a degree of that. Like everybody mm-hmm. works in some way. Yeah. On yeah. The business. My sister actually worked in the business alongside with me. My sister, my wife is just not, not as in love because uh, of the three kids. So. Gotcha. Well, man, I, there's a lot of transparency, a lot to unpack today. If I was a psychologist, we could have gone deeper on some of these topics in a fun <laughs> way, maybe. But, but I'd love to stay in contact with you, man, and just let me know what hills you're climbing and what battles you're fighting. And because uh, I, man, I want to be here to support dads who are trying to build something significant in their yeah, marriage. And- in their fatherhood yeah. and in their business and do them all the right way with balance. And, and uh, I'm not even a big fan of that word balance. It's, it's more of a, just, you know, doing them all what to the way they're capable, they know they're capable of. And it's not an easy thing to, to juggle. It's just not. It's not. Yeah. It took me six years. I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, my best tip usually when I talk to, to dads who are in that situation or parents at all is, you know, integrate your kids in as much as you can. And mm-hmm. even like my spouse, She's not really interested in Amazon e-commerce entrepreneurship at all. But yeah. I still bounce what she is good at is relational mm-hmm. stuff. Yes, right? yes, yes. And what uh, she is good at, like this art, you know, this is all her art. So yeah, that's I, I met her in one of the event a couple of years ago. She's yeah, awesome. right. So that's me integrating her into is the yeah. parts that she wants to be a part Actually, of. Actually, one of the products I'm launching this year, my wife designed it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> that's a great. I'm so glad you shared yeah. that with us. I, yeah. I can hear the, the listeners going, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and, That's good. And what I do with my kids is we go live together. We do a quarterly giveaway. Like last Christmas, we do a seven day of Christmas giveaway. Every single day, we just go live with my kids and we, we dress up in like uh, Christmas <laughs> pajama and just uh, talk about stuff and pick a winner and just give away stuff. That's, like, see, so. that's what I'm talking about, man. 
Because it's in those moments where you lose track of, am I being a good dad right now or a good (laughs) husband or a good entrepreneur? I don't know. I think I'm doing all three. All three, exactly. You want to maximize those moments. Exactly. That's why I'm trying to do more and more and uh, try to, you know, just try to have some fun. That's one of my core values for the business is have some fun. And we are passionate about work. So that's awesome. Man, Jason, it's been great hanging out with you today, buddy. I don't know if, is there anything else on your list? I need to start wrapping this one up or I'm going to get in trouble with my wife because we've got... (laughs) I told you before we started recording, I had a pretty good chore list today. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't have a lot of other things going on. I think that... um, Oh, one more thing I want to share uh, before we end the call. There's a different book I read. uh, I read a lot of books, business book, I guess. Is uh, a book called, uh, I think the actual name for the book is Genius, uh, Genius Zone. So in the, in the book, you talk about for every single work, it falls into four different categories. Uh, zone of, uh, incompet- zone of co- uh, competence, zone of incompetence, zone of excellence, which is something you're really... So the, those two, first two is very easy to understand, right? It's incompetent, you just suck at it. Competent, you can kind of do it. Excellent. This is where everyone fall into trap. That something you're really good at, but it doesn't fire you up and doesn't motivate you. And where zone of genius is something you're really, really good at, and you get energized by doing it. And that's exactly where we should be at every single day as an entrepreneur. For me, my zone of genius is talking to people like you, talking to fellow entrepreneurs, talking to parents, talking to my customer, talking to my partners. That fire me up. That gave me energized. And that is what I should be doing every single day, 40 hours a week. And I shouldn't do anything else besides my zone of genius. And of course, I'm not doing that 100% yet. And I'm trying to do more and more of yeah. that in my business right now. I mean, but on my business. So. I love that. And I've, I have heard of that book as well. Actually, I don't I think I've ever read it. I've heard that concept. And maybe I watched the video. Who's the author on that? Do you know offhand? I, I don't remember the Is that a, the Simon author. Sinek? It's not a Simon, is it? I don't think. I don't remember the author's okay. name. But uh, you know, it, it. I, I love that concept. As long as I'm allowed to say, I think your zone of, your zone of genius can grow. Yes, I think it can change. It, it can, can change. drift. If that, if that concepts include, because yeah. what I've noticed is, and I always use the example of uh, the dry cleaner here in mm-hmm. town where I where I live. There's a dry cleaner, and I want to meet the guy that owns this place because everyone who works there is friendly. They're prompt. They're smiling. They wave when the van drives by. Like It's like, like the Chick-fil-A of dry cleaning. But the Whoa, question okay. I want to ask that guy, uh-huh. if I ever meet him, is did you grow up dreaming of being a dry cleaner? And I'm almost certain it's going to be no. Like, no, what kid? <laughs> I wanted to be Superman, a fireman, or Captain America. What I would be like, and this isn't that, right? But he's in his yeah. zone of genius, yeah. right? How'd that happen? Well, I think it has to do with what we, a little bit what we talked about earlier is if you can start to envision the people you're serving mm-hmm. and you're feeling like you're improving their lives and, and you use the phrase, uh, you know, those tokens of appreciation, that's all money is. Yeah. So when yeah. you start serving others well and they start lining up to th- say thank you, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to mm-hmm. feel like you're in your zone of genius. It's like, look at all these people that appreciate what I'm doing. That's true. Yes. So that gives you a lot of opportunity to kind of grow that zone. Right. Yeah, the, the awesome. reason why I want to share that because I know a lot of entrepreneur friends that's doing private label, but they hate the product they sell. That's just so sad. I mean, why do you even pick someone, something that you don't even use yourself to sell? Yeah. So yeah. that's like you sell something you don't believe in, it. something that yeah. goes against your ethical values or something. You know, you want to be proud of it for yeah. sure. Because otherwise, again, we get into that self sabotage thing. 
100%. I feel like we kind of had a, a psychologically intense episode today, but it was fantastic. <laughs> I had such a good time. Yeah, that's what my team member always says. Like sometimes our team meeting feel like a therapy session. <laughs> exactly. But so, you know, I mean, that's when you know you're connecting all those different parts of life. Yeah. You know, you can just talk passionately about it and speak from the heart. And you don't have to remember what you said because you know you're telling the truth and it'll be the same tomorrow. And it's just, uh, it's who you are. And that, that just resonates. You know, I, I feel like we really got to know Jason today. So I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Lackey Kid is the brand. The website is sensorydeal.com. Sensorydeal.com. Go check it out. See how he runs his business. And we're certainly rooting for you, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, get out there and hit that, uh, was that 1.2 million on the Sensory Toys and 2.3 and the other businesses and things you've got going on, man. Beautiful models. I love it. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners now for just a second, wrap this one up, okay? Thank you. So hopefully, uh, listener, you enjoyed this as much as I did today. Thanks for hanging out with Jason and I. It was really cool getting to know this guy a little better. And we'll stick links in the show notes to everything we talked about today, as as well as uh, his first episode where Jason joined us. You can kind of see his journey a little bit. But hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know what you thought. If you want want more of this kind of episode, it's a little bit of a break from... Amazon tips and strategies, but we hit on some very important thoughts today and hopefully some challenging and encouraging segments that really move you in a forward in a, in a positive direction, whatever it is you're trying to build. So God bless all the business building warriors. Hey, Jason, man, great job. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. We'll do this again sometime soon. And to all the business building warriors, we're in your corner. God bless you. I'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.